Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. This is your Guineas preview. Uh, it's Guineas Weekend at Newmarket, of course, and I'm your host, George Ellick, for this. Uh, and I'm joined by Andy Holding as we go through Saturday's card and look ahead to Sunday. And of course, the 2,000 Guineas and the 1,000 Guineas, the feature races of the weekend. Andy, very much the flatters back. I always find it weird how it feels like, I mean, it was two weeks ago that you and I were sitting down chatting about the Grand National in Aintree and, and the rest of it, and now suddenly looking at rattling ground at Newmarket ahead of, uh, you know, the first major Black Festival of the year. Yeah, it certainly keeps you on your toes this game, doesn't it, George? Um, yeah. To say one, one where you're dealing with three-mile, four-mile handicap uh, chases over in Punchestown and two-mile novices, and then um, not too long before you've got to delve into sort of like the um, thoroughbreds. Um, and it's tricky, I always find, at this time of year, isn't it? Um, you know, even even though we're in what, a month and a half now into the flat season, technically, since the Lincoln. There's still a hell of a lot of horses that haven't had a run. So when you're looking down these races at Newmarket, like I am, there's an element of risk attached to it. It's okay with horses that have got form and you know they're going to run well, but you just don't know the strength and the um, level of fitness of the others. So there's always a, a caveat or an asterisk next to them. Um, so I still think you should be treading relatively carefully. Um unless you're a complete sort of kamikaze punter. We don't uh, advocate that, of course. No. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I've got a few selections, um, but some more confidently than others, as I say, for, for reasons I've outlined. Yeah, we're going to start off with the 140 at Newmarket. Uh, we're recording this at about 25 past 12 on the Thursday, so final decks are in, but we don't have prices as of yet. I think they'll come out in the next couple of hours or so, but this is the one mile four handicap. Uh, 11 runners um, have been declared. We've got the likes of uh, Tomatus Fox, who'll be up there at the top end of the market, Capital Theory, uh, Vayner um, in this one, and these progressive horses. Uh, who catches your eye at this stage? Yeah, this would probably be one of my main fancies of um, of, the, of the second day of the new market meeting. Um, there's a lovely horse in this of uh, William Jarvis is called Crystal Delight. Um, he first sort of came into my uh, proximity when he uh, won at Lingfield um, back in December, and then he got beat by Zelot at Newcastle. But to be fair, Zelot, if you remember at the time, was a real money spinner for the uh, the horse watchers. And he was obviously clearly very well handicapped at the time. But there's certainly no shame in that. Because uh, Zelot went on to win, I think, at least one or two races after that. He was then made favourite at Lingfield again back in February. And I thought he was a bit unlucky not to win that day. He got beat two and a half lengths. So you kind of think, well, you know, he, he got beat fair and square in some, some, in, in some respects. But he chased a ridiculously strong pace that day. I think Amy and High went off in front. And it was a race where you needed to be just off the speed. And unfortunately, he paid for that in the latter stages in chasing a very um, strong gallop. Um, but I marked him up seriously on that run. I thought this is definitely a horse to keep on the right side of. Still think he's well handicapped off 87. He now goes back on the turf. Um, he's fairly unexposed on the turf. He's just had the two runs. Um, he certainly handled the turf on his two runs last season before wind surgery. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a handicapper. I think we're going to be hearing fairly decent good things of throughout the course of the year. I see him as a Royal Ascot horse. I think he'll end up in the mile and a quarter handicap or the mile and a half handicap at the Royal meeting. And if he's going to meet my expectations, he's going to have to get off a mark of 87 and get up towards 95 or upwards because most of the bottom-weighted handicappers in those kind of races at Ascot are at least 95 plus. 
So he's got to win at least a race or two before then. But I think he's capable of that. And hopefully he'll start off um, that procedure and with a victory at Newmarket on Saturday. Well, the, the forecast prices, and I think we can read too much into those, uh, has Crystal Delight down as a 9-2 to two chance. Um, but we'll see uh, what happens in terms of when the prices are open. Yes, exactly. Lovely. With 11 places. And who knows? Keep an eye on just check a grid. So you might even get four places if someone's feeling generous. We'll see how that goes. Uh, that is the opener. We're glad to have got prices now uh, going forward. And we've got the Phillies and Mayors listed uh, event next up in the 215, uh, where Gale Force Mayor is the 130 favourite ahead of Azure Blue at 9 to 2. Uh, Heredia, 6 to 1, Royal Ascot Hero of last season. Um, Padika, 15, uh, 13 to 2. Fast Response, 15 to 2. Uh, Makarova, 11 to 1. Um, and uh, yeah, bigger prices bar those. Andy, uh, how do you see this? Well, um, it's very, very rare that you can say such a thing as Michael Dodds has got a stranglehold of a race at Newmarket. <laughs> uh, but he has here with Gale Force Mayo and Azure Blue, both course and distance winners. Uh, I think Gale Force Mayo has got an incredible record at the Rally Mile. I can't remember how many times she has won. I should have checked or done my research before, but it's at least three, I think. But she did get beat on her final start, and I think that was the first time she did get beat here by Stabber Companion Azure Blue. It was a filly that I luckily latched onto towards the back end of the season. She improved through the ranks. She was a bit unlucky one day at York, and I thought, oh, I'll upgrade that run because I thought she should have won that day. She then went to the Rally Mile and uh, won a handicap, and then she ran off the season enlisted company, beating her stable companion, which I think is always a, a guide to where you stand with regards listed fillies form. So a lot depends on fitness, really. I don't know which one of these two is the fitter than the, the fitter than the other. You'd imagine that Michael Dodds will have them somewhere close to where he wants them to be, uh, with a little bit to work with. But at the two, out of the two, I, I'd, I'd always be going with the younger horse um, uh, and one that I've, I've sort of like got a bit of an affinity with. So I do think Azil Blue um, deserves a little bit of loyalty here because um, I think she'll be better than Galforce Mayo as the season progresses. Also pay attention to Padika as well, who's uh, very much a, a uh, have-suitcase, will-travel horse. She's uh, been around... Um, um, you know, sort of like the the, uh, the continent for a little while in, in France and racing here, there and everywhere. I think she went to the Maidan uh, and she comes in good form and with fitness on her side um, and proven track form, I think Padika will go well. But um, she's somewhere near peak fitness, as all blue might have um, not only her measure, but the rest of the field as well. Interesting. Um, yeah, Azure Blue, 9-2, to two, uh, best price as it stands with Hills, Coral, 10-bet, Sporting Index, Live Score Bet, Quinn Bet, Labrooks, all 9-2 to two in Padica, 13-2 uh, to two with a couple of firms, including William Hill. But Azure Blue seemingly the selection for Andy there. Uh, on to the 250, uh, the six furlong handicap, where Tenmori is the 7-1 to one favourite, ahead of Admiral D at 17-2. to two. Probe is 11-1, to one. Blackrod 12-1. to one. Uh, chairman of the board, 14 to 1, Spirit of Life, Hand, and Apollo 1, and Lethal Levi, 16 to 1, as a Silver Samurai, plenty of others, Leap Abroad, all 16 to 1, 18 to 1, bar those. I mean, I always see Summerhand in these big field handicaps at a double figure price and currently believe my eyes. But Andy, you'll, you'll tell me where to look for this. Yeah, I think these are the kind of races where, you know, you've got 20 other runners, and at some stage in your life, you would have bat all of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that's probably a fair fair assessment. Um, 
Yeah, I think the drawing where, where the pace is, is, is going to come from is going to be crucial here rather than anything else. I wouldn't have an overly strong view on this race because I think it's just one of those very, very complex handicaps that you could run 50 times and get a different result. For instance, if if the high draw was to dominate, um, and there's a good chance that might well be if, in a big field, but I think Probe will probably race prominently towards the near side rail. He's drawn 22. Um, you know, he's a kind of horse that takes a little bit of a grip. So... Um, the one that caught the eye in, in, in that race here last time, I think there was four or five of them that, that reopposed. The, the big eye catcher was Admiral D from, from the Richard Fahey stable. Now, he's drawn 23 at 23, which could end up being a great draw, a tragic draw, I don't know. But this is the kind of race that I think he could run well in. Um, he just got a little bit det- detached last time uh, in a smaller field. But in a bigger field where you'd like to think the pace is a little bit more... Um, more generated, then um, he'd have a good chance of coming through strongly at the end. So with the cheap pieces on for the first time, and I think those are on just to keep him his mind focused because he definitely had a little bit of a mid-race crisis, as I said, in that course and distance handicap here last <laughs> time. That might just make the difference between winning and losing um, with Admiral D. So um, very early, very early days. A race, and I'm pretty much certain I won't be putting anything on my column, but for this podcast, podcast purposes, it'd be... Shame if I didn't have a selection of sorts. So Admiral D is the one. Admiral D, 17 to 2, a tentative selection for Andy, it's fair to say, in the 250. Uh, maybe something stronger in the next, where we have got, uh, it's the other handicap, isn't it, over uh, a mile and a furlong. Uh, oh, we've got, no, it's the Suffolk Stakes, of course. Uh, the Suffolk, where Jimi Hendrix is the uh, 9 to 2 favourite, had a king of conquest, 11 to 2. Empire State of Mind, 17 to 2, Majestic 9 to 1, Turntable 10 to 1, Saga and Cadillac, both 11 to 1, uh, Dual Identity 12 to 1, 20 to 1, Bardos. Yeah, similar to the first race um, with that Willie Jarvis horse, I'd have a more firm idea of where I'm going in a race like this. Um, a little bit more established, you'd say, these horses. Most of the field has had a run. Um, I think the Lincoln. This year was quite a good race. In fact, I think it was a very good race. Certainly the race is beginning to take shape. The race, of course, it was won by migration. But already um, the form lines are looking fairly solid. Al Mubhia, the fourth horse, I thought he won well last last time out at um, Leicester. Uh, there was a good one from Boardman who finished 11th. He was an improver the other day at Haydock. Um, Montesibu finished 19th. He also ran very eye-catchingly at um, Haydock as well at the same meeting. Um, so, yeah, I think we've got to start feeling a little bit upbeat about this uh, this Lincoln this year. And the, the big eye-catcher for me, one of them, was Majestic. Now, he, he went into that race, obviously laid out for it, because he'd won the Cambridgeshire on his final start for uh, Mick Shannon, obviously now with uh, some Jack. There's not much of a, a trainer switch there as such. Um, but um, you know, given that he, you know he's, he's obviously proven in those large, large field straight mile handicaps, then Lincoln looked the obvious star for him. But unfortunately, the ground went soft or even heavy in places on Town Moor, which might not necessarily have suited him. But I thought he ran really well to finish fourth of the 22. And he was always up the speed as well. It definitely paid to be off the speed. The migration came from a long way back, didn't he, to win. He was one of the only few horses that was handy throughout that maintained his position and only just faded in the latter stages to get back three lengths. Um, but on good ground, he's a totally different animal as we saw in the Cambridgeshire and indeed in a big field and, and on in, in a, in a, 
um, in a, in a, with a strong pace. His time figure for that Cambridge uh, last season was extraordinarily good, suggesting that he's almost like group class. So I do think off a mark of 93, he's still potentially very well handicapped. He's got a nice draw in the middle. Uh, 17 runners go to post at time recording. 10 is ideal, so we can go either way, depending on how the tractor riding comes Saturday. So he's got to be on anyone's shortlist. Um, I think he's the only course and distance winner in the field as well, um, having checked it earlier. No, there's one more turntable, I beg your pardon, but one of only two, let's say, course and distance winners. So, yeah, I, th I think that's a really strong um, advice, if anyone ever listens to me. Then um, majestic, <laughs> majestic is the way I, I, I suggest you uh, um, you, you approach this race come Saturday. I think they do listen um, personally, Andy. I think that's why we have so many. I, I can I can be pretty confident that they're not tuning in to listen to me just talk through the odds checker grids. So, Andy, I think we can be fairly certain they are listening. And majestic is yep. the nine to one um, selection there for Andy. Skybet are paying six places here, um, but they're eight to one uh, if you want the extra pace. But uh, Paddy's and Betfair Sportsbook, who are the, the nine to one, uh, are uh, five places. Uh, on to the Palace House Stakes now. Uh, and Twilight Calls is the 130 favourite head of uh, Manacan at nine to two. A quality 11 to one. Russell 12 to one. Uh, Live in the Dream 12 to one as well. Vad Dream 16 to one. Uh, Silky Wilkie 20 to one. As is Equilibrium's marvellous Chipsted um, and Arecibo with 22 to one. Bardos. Five furlong affair this, Andy. How do you see it? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I'm losing me already, but you could definitely lose a little bit more with um, <laughs> with the amount, amount uh, that, that come up, could come off in your hands, scratching your head um, in a race like this. I mean, this is just minefield stuff. Um, again, doing this advance of the draw uh, and working out the pace map is is, is very, very tricky. Um, I think if you fancy Twilight Calls, it's a case of in Henry Candy we trust because you've just got to hope that he's got this horse singing and dancing first time out. He did last year when he won it at the April meeting, the Craven meeting. He was very impressive that day, so much so that uh, Henry decided to roll the dice and stick him into uh, into this race last year, the, the Palace House. But if you remember, he was drawn 12 of 12. And as it panned out, you need to be either on the far side rail or towards the middle, let's say, not the near side. And he ended up getting a little bit isolated. He won his race near side, but he was way he was too far off the speed where he needed to be. So I think he was a bit unlucky not to win this race last year. But I think that at the back of Henry's mind, he's thinking, well, I've got a bit of unfinished business in the Palace House, plus the fact that I don't want to waste a run because I know he goes well fresh by running him at any other race than this. So I think this has probably been the target for a little while. Again, whether whether he's in the right place, I don't know. I think live the dream, drawn his 16, he's going to take them along at a good gallop. We know he's a a real trailblazer, and he's 16, so like I say, you could do with Twilight Calls being carried into the business end of the race on, on his side, over on the far side. Uh, whether that'll materialise, I don't know, like I say, without doing the um, the pace map. But um, other than the draw, I think Twilight Calls has got everything in his favour. Course and distance form, um, with a bit of luck in the race last year, and goes really well fresh. But I think bookmakers and punters have already latched onto that, and he, he's he, he does look a little bit skinny at this stage, but he is the selection all the same. Twilight calls 130. That is with Coral, Quinbet, Ladbrokes. Uh, three more races on the card, and we are now at the 2000 Guineas, the 440, where August Rodin is the 6-4 to favourite, ahead of Little Big Bear at 11-2, to Chaldean 13-2, to 
Sakir eight to one, Royal Scotsman eight to one, Silver not uh, twelve to one, Noble Style eighteen to one, Indestructible uh, twenty to one, thirty three to one bar those Holloway Boy to bar Mal amongst those. Um, always fascinated. I mean, this is Andy. I, I love your you know your two year old analysis um, where your speed figures are always very interesting when it comes to you know, marrying the eye test to what horses have actually done uh, and you know a lot of these um, horses featured prominently on your lists last season and kind of rose to the top of the, the rankings over the course of the campaign um, August rode out at six to four favorite is that a you know a prohibitive price in the yeah, right I'm area gonna stick, there? I'm gonna stick my neck out here George and say Augustine Rodan is pretty poor value at that price Again, I'm not saying for one minute he can't win. That would be irresponsible for me to say that. But I find it hard to get my head around why he's so short. I actually don't think he's got the best form in the race. And I don't want to sound, like I say, disrespectful. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Ryan Moore will end up riding him because he has been the talk of the town for a little while. Um, but I do think Little Big Bear has got just as much, if not more, natural ability than Augustine Road. And look, what I'm trying to get at is I think Little Big Bear's a a faster horse than Augustine Rodan. Sort of time figures that Little Big Bear, for instance, who Stab Companion did last year, compared to Augustine Rodan is is um is interesting. He clocked a very big number when he won the Phoenix Stakes, which I think was his last race of the season. Uh, over six months. But if you look at his work in the last stage of his race as well, you, you can't believe that he managed to win over five. I mean he was always very strong in, in, in the last furlong or so. He hit the line really hard that day when he won the Phoenix. His time figure is extraordinary. Um, his sectionals are always good. Uh, he won over six and a half at the core, which is a stiff six and a half. So it's, it's equivalent to seven. And you could have just imagine like Little Big Bear going through the line that day when I watched these videos back and think an extra furlong, it's not going to, he's not going to not stop running. Um, but I think that's a really tricky decision to be made there by Ryan Moore. He might go the way of the market, might go with, you know, six to four shot over the 11 to two shot. But um, to me, Little Big Bear's a, I'll say, better horse. But like I say, he's a faster horse. So it's whether he can channel all that natural exuberance and speed and pace that he's got into into the stiff mile at, 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 on the rally mile. Because you, you do need to stay the, the, the guineas mile well. Um, but this is a wide open right? I mean, you've got Chaldean, who won the, the Dewhurst. Um, the form of that race has already worked out well, courtesy of Isaac Shelby, uh, or Selby, um, having got well beaten in that race, winning the Greenham the other day. It was the race, of course, Sheldon fluffed his lines, and didn't he? he, he, he <clears throat> Frankie determined. I did notice that he actually completed the course loose, and he ran alongside Isaac Shelby. So he actually effectively had a <laughs> no, Frankie on board, so he's got like you know, seven, cobwebs. eight stone less on his back. But, at least he had a run down the track and a good a good workout as such. Um, so it depends on how 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 which way you read that. Um, but I do think the form of the Dewhurst is arguably one of the best pieces of form lines coming in, into this race. As I said, better than the Futurity win in my estimation than the one that that Augustine Rodan won. won. You chuck into the mix Sakia, who's looked incredibly good on his last two starts as a two-year-old, and he's had a track. Um, spin the other day i think he had a nice little trial didn't he with two or three other runners and he was apparently very good um indestructible won a very good addition of the um the craven in a good time so he's proving himself he's trained on 
and you've got Raw Scotsman as well, who was closing in on Sheldon and the Dewhurst, uh, and the dogs are barking about him. I think this is a, a real, real headache. Um, so much so that I haven't put anything up. And I'm probably even going to wait until Saturday uh, before my column comes, perhaps just to get an idea of the Friday meeting, what the ground's like, where you need to be drawn, if there's a little bit of a bias. That, that Just that little extra little bit of information I might need might just tilt me in the one way or the other. Um, but my short list at the moment is Little Big Bear, um, Chaldean and Royal Scotsman. Um, that sounds a little bit inconclusive at the moment, a little bit, but that, that, <laughs> I, I, I just can't put my name colours to the mast at the moment, not, not knowing all the information I need. But um, I'd definitely be against Augustine Road down at the price. That is, that is guaranteed. That's, that's 100% sure. Little Big Bear 11 to 2 with William Hill, who are four places. Chaldean 13 to 2 in live score bet and 10 bet. Royal Scotsman 8 to 1 pretty much across the board. I'm just going to ask about, about a horse that I, you know, I mentioned earlier that I followed your, your two year old stuff closely last year. Um, Noble Star was one that, you know, you had been doing very good numbers. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember, I think Noble Star's last run, race keen and one over six, coming into this unbeaten. I mean, obviously there are going to be stamina concerns given um, hasn't raced further than six furlongs thus far. Uh, but in terms of, of your kind of, how does Noble Star stack up in your numbers? Very good. Yeah, he, he's got some times in in... In, in keeping with quite a few of these, a lot of them did high 90s, 95s, 96, 97s. I think Little Big Bear did the fastest thing. I think we got him doing a 97 over in the Curra, uh, which puts him top. Um, but like I said, there's a, there's a hell of a lot of these that have done similar numbers at group one level. The only problem with horse like Noble Style, I personally don't normally go for horses that have just got five, six furlong form. Mm. I, I, I don't like it when they, they try and stretch out. I mean, it's very difficult for them to, to get an extra two furlongs first time out in the guineas where you know it's going to be strongly run. Um, I prefer something with at least seven furlong form, like a Shaldine. Like I say, I've, I've made allowances for Little Big Bear because he was six and a half and he was strong yeah. at the future. I'd almost put that down as a seven furlong run for Little Big Bear. We know that Royal Scotsman stays. We know that Shaldine stays. We know that Indestructible stay. Uh, Augustine Rohan, absolutely no problem. He's a mob, but I always think Augustine Rustan, he, he, he's definitely not as quick as some of these. They, they are quicker horses, so he's, he's going to need an absolute out-to-out, end-to-end, out-and-out mile race for him to win. As I said, at six to four, he's going to need a hell of a lot to go right, and he just wouldn't be for me. But yeah, Noble, Noble Style, he's, he's certainly worthy of his place in the line, for sure. Great stuff. Uh, that's Andy's uh, 2000 guineas preview. And you have to wait, I think, until the morning of the race to find out yeah, who he ends up selecting. Sorry, I apologise. I've got, I, I looked at <laughs> what I'm going to put up now, but um, I mean, it might be a race I might not even put up anything in at all. I, I don't have to, I'm not forced nah, on because it's 2000 guineas, but um, the chances are with four or five places on offer and uh, the prices they're likely to be going on Saturday, then I, I, I find it hard to resist probably. Um, yeah, so Little Big Bear, Chaldean and Royal Scots by making up the shortlist as it stands. Uh, two more races on the card, no no prices for either. We've got the six furlong handicap and then the seven furlong handicap. Um, yeah, no prices, Andy, but anything that, that the guys should account for. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Clive Cox runs a nice horse called Eminence in the 5.15. He was well fancied at uh, Kempton on his seasonal reappearance the other day. He was slowly away, got into an awful track position and finished his race off incredibly strongly. Did 33 and change which is very hard to do at Kempton, given the track's riding quite slow at the moment. 
I suggest he's better than an 86 rated handicapper. And I would say the best bet over the three day uh, Guinea's meeting is a horse called Yakulef of Paul Coles in, in the final race. Um, he comes out of a very strongly run handicap, um, the, the best handicap run at the Craven meeting, one by once more for luck. Um, and I just think he was unlucky to bump into a horse. I think we're going to be hearing decent things of throughout the season. I think he'd be great class for the winner, Ishmael Mohammed's horse. Uh, the two of them pull well clear of the rest. It was an incredibly fast time. And he drops from a class three, two handicap in which his time figure was off the scale into a class four race. <laughs> if this horse ran in a listed race, I'd be looking at him at a big price. And I think he'll be second or third favourite. I presume striking star will be favourite, being as it's Charlie Appleby, Will Buick with a two-bites name. Then you've got Devine Lieber in there as well and Charlwell House and one or two others. So I'm hoping he'll be at least, at least four to one upwards. Um, but yeah, he, he'd be a strong bet with Ryan Moore booked. You cut your in the uh, the five fifty on Saturday. There we go. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, no prices as of yet, but keep your eyes peeled. Right, that's Saturday done. Time to turn our attention to Sunday's racing. Of course, uh, it is one thousand guineas on the Sunday at Newmarket, and um, as we are recording this on Thursday afternoon. Uh, these are still anti-post markets. Uh, we don't have final decks. It'll come out at about uh, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock on Friday. Might change. Some of these might not run. Um, it comes with that caveat. But we're going to go through the three races where we do our prices at the moment. We've got the 150, which is the Guineas Festival handicap, uh, the Dahlia Stakes, um, and then the 1,000 Guineas. So they're the three races we can cover up on this Sunday. Kicking off with that Guineas Festival handicap, where Isra is the 92 favourite with Halleck, Duke of Verona, uh, Semhan, uh, or 10 to 1, first man 11 to 1, HMS President 12 to 1, as is Juvent um, and Bandanelli, both 12 to 1 as well, 14 to 1 Bardos. I mean, this is going to cut up a lot, you think, Andy, but um, anything uh, that t- tickles your fancy at this stage. Yeah, I think there's a there's a couple in there. Um, I'd probably take a chance on one that hasn't had a run, um, which is a little bit against my normal um, strategy. Um, but um, I'm a, I'm a allowed to make the odd allowance here then everywhere. And uh, Semhan um, is a very interesting runner from from the George Baker stable. I did notice that he came to hand rather quickly last season. He won first time off the reel at Salisbury. Um, Went him very very easily, and then he came here to this meeting. I think it was this race actually last year. Um, if my memory serves me correct. And he was punted in from, I think it was around about seven or eight to one in the morning into favouritism. A little bit of an audacious gamble, it seemed. But uh, as it panned out, uh, the um, the punt was well and truly landed. Um, did it in really good fashion. Went through the race like a particularly well-handicapped horse and um, beat, a de- beat a decent field. Um, his subsequent next to efforts were a little bit disappointing at our Scott Goodwood, respectively. Um, but then he bounced back at, um, at the July meeting. So there's a bit of a pattern developing here uh, with this fella. He's obviously um, very, very keen on the gradients of either the July course or the Rowley Mile. Um, heavy ground wouldn't have suited him um, on his final start of the season in the November handicap, but on good good to firm ground, which it looks like being over the weekend, unless they get rain, which is forecast here, then everywhere, but I think it's very isolated, and then I'm only going to get showers rather than any huge quantities. Um, so that should be absolutely ideal. But it looks as though connections have laid him out for this race, as far as I could see. Uh, so um, 
at the prevailing price at the moment, the current price is, uh, I'd, I'd probably be leaning in the direction of Semhan or Kemhan. Semhan there, um, 10 to 1 across the board. Uh, the bookies are prices at the moment. We've got Skybet, Paddy's, uh, Unibet and Ball Sports all 10 to 1. Um, the Dahlia Stakes uh, next up, which is the, I think the three o'clock on the card, isn't it? Yeah, over a mile and one furlong. And here we've got prices across the board with, with the Moonlight, the 72 favourite, ahead of Life in Motion and Prosperous Voyage, both four to one. Al Hassan, seven to one. Uh, Via Sestina, eight to one. 12 to one above the curve, above the curve and Shara, uh, 14 to one bar, Andy. Yeah, uh, with the Moonlight, um, head of the market. I, I watched her run quite a few times out in uh, Dubai uh, at Maidan, and she was very impressive both times, winning a couple of really fast speed figures. And then she went to Keeneland uh, and ran with great distinction there 22 days ago. Um, if you fancy her, I couldn't put you off because she's obviously fitting well. And uh, as far as globetrotting is concerned, she's um, pretty used to going in anywhere, really, that the box will allow, to, uh, allow, you know, allow her to take her as far as it'll take her. Um, she's a course winner as well, which is great. Um, she's got four months and um, the, the, the rally mile, if I could get my words out. Um, but I do like Vias Sestina in this, George. Um, the horse that I've always really liked. She's got a very, very high cruising speed. And she put that high cruising speed to really good use when she won uh, on her final start last season. But prior to that, she was arguably very unlucky not to beat Creative Flair, who's a very useful horse. That was a race that I think if um, Jamie Spencer perhaps could have ridden again, he might have at times he's run a little better. Um, but on the day, uh, she had to play second fiddle to a, a decent horse. But that was a huge step up in the right direction because prior to that, she hadn't really indicated that perhaps she was uh, going to be um, a, a listed filly um, or, or a group filly. But now that that is very much confirmed, I think George Bowie can campaign accordingly this season. Um, this seems a good starting point for her over a track that she absolutely loves. Um, she's probably only got a few races that she can race in on home soil on the rally mile, which suits her really well. So it's no point going there half cocked. I think he'll have to have a you know as, as near a fit as he damn as he can. Um, so eight to one, I, I think, is a fair shout. And by and large, Jamie does really get on with well with this uh, with this mare. So um, yeah, Vissestine eight to one. She's a decent each way bet. Like I say, given that she's got such a high cruising speed and she has a tendency to get. Uh, down into the business uh, end of the race quite uh, quite cheaply. Remember, she was a, a massive gamble um, on first run for George Bowie back in October last year. I think from 25 to 1 into 11 to 2 was just touched off by yeah, Creative Flair. I do remember it well, George. Yeah, so I put her up in my column. Um, oh, yeah. no, is that, that's where uh, it came from. The scar has just been um, <laughs> gnawed away. Here's a start of the 10 for you, though. Where's Via, Via Sestina? Where in Europe is, is is the road named Via Sestina? It's got to be somewhere in Italy by the sound of it. Go on. Um, close to the Vatican? Yeah, not far. Rome. Spot on. Well done. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've probably so... walked down it because I've been to Rome quite a few times, but me and my great. ignorant self, I was probably watching a race on the phone as I was, <laughs> as I was uh, doing great. it. As it pretty was working around the Circus Maximus. Um, yeah. Great city. This has seen runs through it. And uh, is Andy's selection in the Dahlia uh, on Sunday afternoon in uh, rather than uh, Rome. Uh, on to the big one of the day, though, where uh, we've got uh, the 1,000 guineas 
and uh, the five to two favourite is Tahira um, with Skybet and Bet UK. Um, Meditate is the uh, nine to two second favourite. Mama's Girl six to one. Uh, Remarque seven to one. As is uh, no Remarque seven to one. Dream of Love is eight to one. And then double figures from there. Um, Morge sixteen to one. As is Lazoo twenty-five to one. Bardos uh, Andy. Um, I guess all eyes may be on the weather forecast and the going for the one thousand guineas. Yeah, two things. Yeah, really, George. To be honest. Um... First and foremost, definitely the going uh, with that forecast. Friday into Saturday, more predominantly. I think Sunday's going to be dry. I think the coronation day and, and the king could get wet. Hopefully he's got somebody walking alongside him with an umbrella. Um, or he's not open top anyway, let's say, in, in one of the carriages he goes in, because I think he's going to get a, a pretty much a bit of a soaking. Um, but Newmarket's a funny place, isn't it? It can miss the rain, it can miss the showers. It almost seems to have a microclimate of its own. So, given that it's good to firm at the moment, I'd say they'd have to have a, some downpours in quite huge quantities to change it from what it is. It might go good ground, but it certainly won't ride as, I don't think, as soft as it did at the um, at the Craven meeting. Um, that should change the dynamics, I think, of, of a few, like uh, Rimarkey, for instance, who, who won the, uh, the Fred Darling. I mean, she uh, idolised that ground that day, that soft ground over in Newbury. So... That might have a detrimental effect on, on her chances, arguably. Uh, Mama's Girl as well. She's already proven with a little bit of ease in the ground as well, having won uh, one of the preeminent trials. We haven't seen to hear or meditate. Um, you're always taking a little bit of a risk with uh, backing horses or, of course, uh, ha- haven't had a run. And I'm still waiting for Dermot Wells' horses to catch fire. I've done quite a few podcasts myself uh, for my own sort of column. And, and I, I keep mentioning that Dermot Wells hasn't had a winner for 175 days. Um, and he's had quite a few short price favourites that got beat. So even though Tahira brings a really good profile into the race, five to two looks plenty skinny enough. With like I say, from a yard out of form, Not, nothing negative about uh, Aidan O'Brien. So obviously meditate. She's a, a very likable character, and and I'm sure she'll go well for connections that have farmed this race in recent times. We need to know the draw as well. That's the other important fact. So take a look at the two thousand guineas before making your bets. I would suggest on Sunday. If there's a pronounced bias one way or the other, high numbers towards the stand side, low numbers towards the middle, um, and then you need to make a note of that. But either way, my selection is Dream of Love from the uh, Charlie Appleby stable. You probably wouldn't be aware of it, George, but I did put this uh, filly up about a month ago. might have been two months ago. Um, after she ran an extraordinary race... Uh, Why do you assume I wouldn't, I wouldn't be aware of it, Andy? I did, you probably... Your memory needs re-jogging, that's all. <laughs> In memory needs really jogging. Um, yeah, she ran an extraordinary race over in Dubai um, 100 days ago. I was expecting her to perhaps go for one of the trials, but Charlie Appleby's been more than happy by the looks of it to let her roll the dice and come straight here. I mean, if you cast your mind back and watch that Group 3 over in um, Maidan, like I've done several times, you still can't believe how she managed to finish so close to Morgan with another couple of strides she would have easily passed side bin Sorrell's horse and given that she gave that horse at least a 10 to 15 length head start just by the way that the race developed she got shuffled back through the pack with horses dropping back in a lap it's quite an extraordinary run and mm. I, I I sort of massively marked her up um, and then I went and watched, watched her two previous laces last season they both came over the Rowley mile so that was a huge amount of encouragement when I was looking at her profile she managed to win first time out despite running green and then the second time she was just a bit keen early on. She actually came out of the stores quite well in that um, Montrose Philly Stakes holistic contest. But it meant that she saw too much daylight and she was 
um, expending a bit too much energy for my liking. But I did like the way she stayed on and kept with the front two all the way up the hill. Um, that was on soft ground, so if it does rain, it wouldn't be a problem. But ideally, I think just nice ground would be fine for her. But she just looked a totally different filly when they took her out to Maidan. Um, and I'm hoping now that they come back to Newmarket off the back of that run with a bit of a suntan, um, having been on a sunbed for a little while. I think she's going to run a massive race, Dream of Love. I really do like this filly. Um, I'm quite excited about her chances. So, yeah, despite all those other horses in there and the complexities and the tricky nature of it, um, I'll be shocked if Dream of Love doesn't run well at a track she's already run well before. Dream of Love is 8-1, to one, uh, best price with Skybet, as is often the case, as Andy was talking through his selection there. Uh, a bookie cut, Betfred went from 7-1, to 6-1. But 8-1 to one is still flying around there with Skybet about Dream of Love. Andy's selection for the 1,000 guineas. Uh, anything else on the card on Sunday that catches your eye, Andy? Um, I think the first race is interesting. Um, a horse that I'm going to follow throughout the season. I think Owen Boro has had a, a fantastic set, uh, campaign, 2022. Um, his strike weight was extraordinary and he did some amazing things with some of his very better horses. But I do like Amnar. Um, he only ran the three times. He won all all, all three times. Um, Workman like more than impressive on his last start when he beat Junko over in Longchamp. I think that was over right weekend. But the crown was actually bottomless that day. I fear the worst, I must admit. I thought he was a good thing in the build-up to the race, but then they had that downpour, as they often do, um, in the Paris area. And it caused the ground to go... Uh, very much not in his favour, having won previously and good to firm and good ground, but he still showed the class to withstand uh, that negative. And I thought the fact that he managed to do that showed that he, he is a world-class also. And Mart, I think he's one of the horses for me personally to follow throughout the rest of the season, because I think he'll take a bit of beating in that mile and a quarter category. What kind of price do you reckon he'll be for this? Um, well, I'd say be odds against because he, he. I think that I think this race is priced up. Or there was a race similar to this priced up the other day. And I think Andy R was just slightly ahead of him in the betting, but again, that was on soft ground. So bookmakers are always likely to favour Andy R on softish ground, whereas I'm not. It's probably better on good ground. But if the ground's good or good to firm, I think I'm not's got a, a huge advantage. So I would say he'd be in around the seven to four mark, something like that. Seven to four, two to one. Interesting. Well, let's see um, what we get served up as the prices come out probably tomorrow afternoon. Uh, thank you very much to Andy for sharing his tips, thoughts and insight ahead of Guineas weekend. Fingers crossed for a cracking weekend of racing at Newmarket. Um, a nice long bank holiday. Thanks to the King as well. So uh, much appreciated. Uh, thanks to Andy. Uh, we'll be back again soon. So make sure you do subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel where you can find the Odds Checker betting show uh, every week. Probably Andy and I catching up ahead of the weekend's racing. Uh, enjoy the racing. Hopefully some winners in there and we'll speak again soon. Uh, please do ensure you're gambling responsibly.